Hello everyone, this is Babik Choksi over here and welcome to the Refresher series. Today we discuss India's 21 on foreign exchange, an important tier 1 category standard. This standard has three main parts. First is functional currency, second is uh, uh, foreign currency transactions in, done by the entity and third is the translation of foreign operations. To start with, we have functional currency which is defined as the currency of the primary economic environment in which an entity operates. So if an entity is largely operating in the Indian environment, then the functional currency will be the rupees. However, I am an Indian company who is teaching US students and having faculties also in the US. Then the primary economic environment is a US environment and hence even if I am an Indian company, I should ideally be preparing my accounts in dollars. Foreign currency on the other hand is defined as a currency which is other than the functional currency. And as per India's 21, all the transactions that happen in the foreign currency should be translated into the functional currency. Lastly, you have something called as presentation currency, which is a currency in which the financial statements are usually presented. Typically, this is the same as a functional currency, but that is not always the case. The standard gives you additional criteria and guidance to determine what is a functional currency, whereby it says that there are a few primary factors that is uh, the factors which primarily determine the primary economic environment, which includes the currency in which sales are primarily uh, denominated, the currency in which the expenses are primarily denominated and the uh, primary competitive or regulatory environment in which an entity operates. While doing this assessment, we will typically look at the currency which influences the pricing of sales, expenses, etc. And if all these indicators point to a single currency, that is the functional currency. However, if there's a conflict, for example, in a BPO, the sales might largely be in dollars, but the expenses are in rupees. In which case, we go to the additional factors, whereby we look at the sources of finance, as well as the currency in which uh, the profits are retained to additionally determine what a functional currency is. I hope you understand that the determination of functional currency is highly subjective and determines on the case to case and hence institute typically does not really ask a lot of questions on functional currency determination. It largely asks you questions in the next part of the standard which is on foreign currency transactions. So these are the transactions done by the entity itself not by its foreign operation but the entity itself with a foreign party in a foreign currency. Now India's 21 says that at the time of the transaction it should be recognized based on the exchange rate prevailing as on the date of the transaction. So the profit and losses for the period and hence items like sales, expenses etc do get recognized based on the exchange rate prevailing as on the date of the transaction. However the balance sheet is prepared as on date and not for the period. And hence as on the balance sheet date how do you show the assets, how do you show the liabilities. Well, it depends on whether these assets and liabilities are classified as monetary or non-monetary. Monetary items are those items which are contractually going to give you a determinable or fixed amount whereas non-monetary items do not give you contractually a fixed or a determinable amount. And as a result, the accounting for monetary items are that they should be converted to the closing rate only. On the other hand, non-monetary items should be translated at the historic rate, they will not be remeasured unless these are non-monetary items which are also measured at fair value. So if there's a non-monetary item like a fixed asset, a PP, which is measured using fair value, then we will take the exchange rate as on the date when fair value is determined. However, if PP is 
calculated using the revaluation model then you will calculate uh, using the cost model then you will calculate based on the historic rate only so long story short monetary items at the closing rate non monetary items typically at the historic rate however if a non monetary item is to be shown at fair value then the rate on the date when fair value is determined in almost all cases a forex gain or loss should go into the pnl to be specific if it is a forex gain or loss on monetary items it will always go to the pnl whereas if it's a forex gain or loss on non monetary items it will typically go to pnl unless the underlying gain or loss goes in the oci so for example revaluation surplus goes to oci and hence forex gain or loss on these uh, fixed assets being revalued will also go into the oci there's an exception given under index 21 for investment in equity shares which are classified using feoci principles typically these are uh, non monetary items whose gains and losses go in oci however the standard requires that the gains the forex gains or losses on equity shares should be taken in the pnl always uh, whether uh, whether you follow feoci or fetpl in all other cases even for non monetary items you will take the gain or loss uh, in the profit and loss account the few special cases you should remember uh, in case of foreign currency transactions first if you have if you have items like inventory or pp where you have to compare the cost with the nrv or cost with the recoverable value you will first convert the cost at the historic rate and then the nrv or the recoverable value at the date at the rate on the date when recoverable value or nrv is determined and then uh, and then kind of uh, calculate whether there is a write off or not in case you have amortized cost workings and index 109 so for example you have uh, a foreign currency bond in which case you will do the amortized cost table in the foreign currency and then each of the items in the amortized cost table will be converted at the respective rate so the opening balance at the opening rate interest as per the effective interest rate method at the average rate coupons at the rate when the coupon was paid and closing because it is a monetary item will be at the closing rate ideally if you convert everything in rupees uh, the the table will not tally because some items are at opening some at average some at closing and as a result the difference between these items will be treated as foreign exchange gain or loss which will be taken to the profit and loss account this is the most important section on uh, foreign currency transactions and then going into the next section which is foreign operations foreign operations refer to foreign branches joint ventures associates or subsidiaries typically uh, foreign operations are those operations which are largely capable of financing uh, uh, their own operations the proportions with the parents are uh, relatively less and they are largely independent in such case the translation principles are that incomes and expenses will be converted at the rate as on the date of transaction and if that is cumbersome you can convert it at the average rate assets and liabilities both monetary and non monetary over here both of them will be converted at the closing rate equity share capital if any will be at the rate as on the date of acquisition of control reserves will be segregated between pre acquisition reserves which will be converted at the rate as on the date of acquisition because they are actually purchased we have not really earned them whereas the post acquisition reserves will be converted at the average rate the balancing figure if any because you are using different rates for different items the balancing figure if any is used due to different rates used and hence it will be taken into the fctr 
foreign currency translation reserve which is a part of other comprehensive income reclassifiable uh, other comprehensive income it is reclassifiable because on the happening of certain events like when you lose control the balance in the fctr will be transferred to the statement of the profit and loss account a couple of points that you need to remember here would be uh, goodwill on consolidation if any will first be calculated in the foreign currency and then be converted at the closing rate in case there are any underlies profit on intercompany inventory adjustments in a foreign subsidiary then you will eliminate the profit based on the rate as on the date of the transaction when uh, uh, when the profit was calculated and intercompany debtors and creditors should be eliminated however if there is any foreign exchange impact uh, which is uh, on account of that it will continue to appear in case of in case a monetary item is a part of a net investment in the foreign operation like a loan for which settlement is not planned then the gain or loss on such loan in the standalone finance statements continues to go into the pnl however in the cfs this gain or loss will be reclassified to fctr remember this is only if a monetary item is a part of the net investment in foreign operation like loan where settlement is not planned in all other cases for monetary items whether it is the standalone books or in the consolidated books the gain or loss will continue to go in the profit and loss account only lastly if there is a disposal of uh, uh, net investment in the foreign operation and if control is lost then the balance in the fctr will be transferred from the oci to the profit and loss account and if control is not lost then uh, you will not transfer it to the pnl you will just allocate the part of the stake tra being transferred to a non controlling interest at the end uh, we should remember that if there is a change in the functional currency it is just treated as a change in facts not a change in accounting policy so that should be it i hope uh, you have enjoyed the standard and uh, good luck see you soon